Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Faye Mercer, and I'm an active Stephen minister and leader here at the church. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. Gracious Father, your might is beyond measure, your wisdom beyond knowledge, your love beyond all telling. You have put eternity into our hearts and made us hunger and thirst for you. Satisfy the longings you have implanted that we may find you in life and find life in you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive the Holy Spirit, our ears listen to the word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
stand for a call to worship. <coughs> Our call to worship come from 100th Psalm. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Let us worship God. Friends, if we say we have no sin, Scripture tells us that we deceive only ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And so in humility and in penitence, let us turn our hearts to God together, praying the unison prayer of confession. Let us pray. Merciful God, you made us in your image with a mind to know you, a heart to love you, and a will to serve you. But our knowledge is imperfect, our love inconstant, our obedience incomplete. Day by day we fail to grow into your likeness, but you are slow to be angry with your children. For the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, do not hold our sins against us, but in your tender love, forgive. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, Scripture does not end by telling us that we deceive ourselves if we believe we don't have sin. Rather, in John's first epistle, he writes, when we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven.
Amen. And now let us join with believers down through the ages, saying what we believe using the words of the apostles. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now as a family of faith, let us turn and greet one another in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to worship at Church of the Palms. Great to see you here today. If you're a seat on the aisle side of the pew, encourage you to take the friendship pad that's there, sign your name, and pass it down your pew, especially if you are a guest. We would love to know that you were in worship with us today and how we might be in ministry together. And uh, please take note of the names of the folks who are seated nearby you and whether permitting after the service, uh, let's gather together under the fellowship tree, the big live oak in the courtyard for a glass of lemonade, a cup of coffee, and some continued conversation. Wanted to uh, encourage you to notice the few announcements in the bulletin and to read through the many announcements and upcoming events and stories that are in the new October edition of our monthly Connect magazine. You can pick those up uh, in the back of the sanctuary here, or you can read uh, the Connect magazine online. Lots of exciting stuff coming up in the life of our congregation. You may notice that we have a guest with us in the chancel today. <laughs> Welcome back, Pastor Steve from a sabbatical. Yes, yeah, great to have Steve back with us. He's been um, back in the office since Monday. So just wanted to highlight a few announcements for you. Again, encouraging you to read more in uh, the Connect magazine. So uh, we had, as we'd been announcing, for the women in the church, there was that Beth Moore simulcast event yesterday in the Campus Center. went very well. A hundred women gathered there and were inspired, encouraged, and challenged by this uh, wonderful Bible teacher, Beth Moore. And so I am sure that there will be, no pun intended, more to come on the Beth Moore uh, event from yesterday. Also, we are nearing the time of the uh, Leadership Forum coming up on October the 10th. And a great time to sign up for that. Reverend Rick Howell, who is the Director of Samaritan Counseling Services of the Gulf Coast, will be our keynote speaker. And so would encourage you in this uh, look at our interpersonal relationships and, and how those affect our leadership and how we can be more effective in those to, to be a part of that leadership forum. Still time to sign up for that October 10th event. Uh, in the uh, north parking lot here, 
on this coming Saturday, we will be offering um, flu shots and pneumonia shots between the hours of 9 and 11. Bring your photo ID for that. And uh, then there's also World Communion Sunday is next Sunday, but there is still the opportunity to, to participate in kind of the parade of nations, selecting a country of your um, ancestry or a country that you particularly appreciate and donning the garb of that country and taking part in this, in this uh, procession of the nations. So that's coming up. Uh, just in one week, World Communion Sunday, first Sunday in October, next Sunday. So I would encourage you to take part in that. Well, with those announcements made, I would like to invite the Hagans to join me here in the chancel. We have the joy of having a baptism today. And also the McCormicks, if you would come up and uh, join the, the Hagans here, it would be great to have you. As we uh, celebrate this sacrament of baptism, we do so remembering the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he said to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to do all that I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Believing the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and certain of the presence of the Spirit of the risen Christ in our midst today, we baptize with water one whom God has called to be his own. And so to Scott and Ashley, in presenting your daughter for baptism, I ask you these questions. Who is your Lord and Savior? Do you trust him? Do you intend your daughter to be his disciple? And do you promise to do everything in your power to teach him of God's love and grace in Christ Jesus? To you, the people who are Church of the Palms, having heard these parents' affirmative responses, do you promise to do everything in your power to support them and to teach Bree of the love and grace of God in Christ Jesus? If so, please answer, we do. We do. Standing with Bree and Scott and Ashley, our Bree's uh, aunt and uncle, Brandy and Dana McCormick, and so thank you for being here with them today to show your love and support for them and for Bree. So Bree, would you come to see me? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You look so beautiful this morning. <laughs> what is your daughter's full name? Bree Isabel Hagen. Bree Isabel Hagen. You are a child of the covenant, and God loves you very much. Baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So while he shows you all Bree, I'm going to talk with you guys. On behalf of Family Ministry, we are so happy to officially welcome Bree into her faith family. We know that you two are the most important influence in Bree's life, but as parents, we know that we're not the only influence that our children need. So we are here to be on this journey with you. So we would like to give you this wonderful read and share Bible to read at home, as well as a beautiful cross stitch and a certificate for this special day. Congratulations. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of family, for the gift of family of faith. We pray your richest blessing upon Scott and Ashley and Bree and their extended family uh, represented here today. Fill up their home with your presence and your peace. Guide them by your Holy Spirit. 
Fill us all up, Lord, with a sense of your presence and your power and your leading. Encourage us all to uh, walk with Scott and Ashley and Bree as we look forward to the day when Bree will confirm uh, this sign of the covenant she has received today because we believe that even now you are claiming her by your love and your grace. And so we look forward to that day when uh, through the nurture and care of her family and this church family, she uh, confirms the grace already active and at work in her life. Lord, we praise and worship you, praying your richest blessing upon all the families here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Here is Bree, and thank you so much. God bless you. All right. So received this week from you. We thank you for the change of seasons. We thank you for Pastor Steve's return to us. We thank you for the interest and hospitality stirred up by visit of the Pope Francis. We thank you for your blessings upon Church of the Palms as we go forward in Christ's service. May our worship be pleasing to you. May our programs and education and equipping and discipleship affect our meaningful ministry here and everywhere. May our mission convey your gospel and compassion, we pray. May we be a safe and steadfast place for all of our members and visitors. We ask, O oh God, for your blessing upon those who are suffering from all kinds of illness this day. We pray for those who are recovering and those who are getting ready to come home to you. We pray that you will continue to bless them according to their need. We lift up those who are in mission services and those who are soldiers who keep us safe. We pray that you will bless them as well. Now we bring our prayers to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who taught us to pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now let us continue to worship God through the giving of our offerings and tithings. Thank you. 
let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for loving us and blessing us each day according to our needs and even what we want. We take this moment in worship to return our gratitude and love for you through these offerings. Accept these to make more disciples of Christ for more disciples for the service of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated as our children come forward with Carol and Lori for a special time. So today is a very special day at the Church of the Palms. Today is the day we get to give our third graders their very own Bible. The Bible, hey Davis, come on up. The Bible is a really special, special book. In it, there you'll, you'll find very many, many stories of God's work in the world. But this is the best part. When we read the Bible, we encounter God. We learn, and we might even change our mind about some of the things that we thought we knew before we read it. But always remember that when we read the Bible, we get one chance, to, we get a chance to be with God and meet with him. It's kind of like when we set an appointment. What do we set an appointment with? Like we set an appointment with our doctors or maybe our dentist, and sometimes we meet with our teachers, right? And when we go to an appointment, we meet with someone, we listen, we learn. It's kind of like that when we read our Bibles. We meet with God, we listen, and we get to spend time with him. That's the best appointment ever, you know? Our hope is that this Bible is just the beginning of you having a lifelong relationship with our Lord and Savior. So if you are a third grader, would you please stand up? Thank you. Okay. Lori would like to give you one of your Bibles, so what I'd like for you to do is to say your name out loud as I come over to you so that she can give you your Bible. Ryan. Ryan, what's your last name? Say your full Shumway. name. Ryan Shumway. Olivia Vefeas. Ashley Egan. Grace McCullough. Sawyer Soboleski. Congratulations, Sawyer. Seth Johnson. Okay, stay stay standing for me, okay? And um what I'd like you to do is repeat after me, if you would. I receive this Bible, receive this Bible as God's word for me. As God's word for me. I will strive to know and understand it, and through it know God. May it shape my character, penetrate my soul, direct my decisions, Shepherd my, heart. Shepherd my heart, be a beacon of truth, and lead my life. Okay, and as Lori prays for us, so let's like to remind the parents that there's going to be um, a special parent meeting right after when we leave. Absolutely. So third grade parents come out with us right after this prayer. So let us pray. Gracious God, you have the words of life, abundant life, eternal life. Lord, help us to get into those Bibles, whether we're a child that just received our Bible or whether we're an adult, so that we can deepen that relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
You may be seated. Well, hello. <laughs> it is so nice to be back. I won't speak for you, but for me, absence does make the heart grow fonder. When I was away, I found myself resonating with the sentiment of the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the Philippians and said, I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in my heart for all of you, and I missed you. It's a wonderful thing when a pastor gets to say that about his congregation. I missed you, and I miss our staff. Uh, we have an amazing, incredible staff, and it is so easy to go on sabbatical when you have wonderful people who are minding the store and steering the ship, and I think we owe them a huge round of applause. I love coming to work because I get to work with you and I get to work with an amazing and wonderful staff. And you've had on top of that wonderful preaching, not only by our own pastors, of course, but also by Dr. Alan Walworth and Morgan Roberts and Bruce Porter. What a blessing that these preachers have been for Church of the Palms because I've been tuning in from time to time. You have given me an incredible gift in allowing me to take a little break, not, not really a little break, four-month break from day-to-day -day ministry to catch my breath and catch a new wind for a new season, and I most certainly accomplished that mission. I have caught my breath and caught a new wind for a new season here at Church of the Palms. A second wind, shall we call it, right? The Bible is talking always about that second wind, right? We had the first wind, Bruce talked about this a couple weeks ago, the Ruah, the first wind that hovered over the face of the deep in the beginning of creation. And then we have in the New Testament, the second wind, right? The gift of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, who comes upon the church and renews the church and allows the church to be all that the church is supposed to be. And we are the people of the second wind. So back in May, I took down my sails for a bit so I could catch my breath, but then over time, put up a new sail to catch this new wind, right? This second wind that's always been here, of course, but me, I have a new sail with which to catch it, and I think we have an amazing season ahead of us for which I am grateful. I am not going to bore you with all the things I did on my summer vacation. Suffice it to say that I did a lot of reading, a little bit of writing, and a lot of traveling, and a lot of nothing. Things did not go exactly as planned. Lots of things happened that I didn't expect to happen, and lots of things didn't happen that I expected to happen, but that's really what life is all about. I read books I didn't expect to read. I went to places I didn't expect to go. I saw people I didn't expect to see. And most of all, I learned and thought and prayed things I didn't expect to learn, think, and pray. Something happens when you step away from the routine, from the treadmill, from what the hamster wheel. Something happens when you take a different path for a time. Robert Frost wrote, right, two roads diverged in a wood and I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. So new surprising things happen on the road less traveled. And I'm not here to try to explain all of this this morning, but I'm here to talk about our sermon series, which we have been about over the last couple of weeks, Prepare the Way of the Lord. We have been looking in the book of Genesis at some of the early stories of God's great story. And today we focus once again in Genesis on an interesting story about a man named Jacob, son of Isaac and grandson to Abraham. So as a little background before we read this story, Jacob was the younger of a a younger half of a pair of twins born to Isaac and Rebekah. His older brother was Esau, older by just a couple of hours. But in ancient times, it was the oldest who received the family birthright and the father's blessing, and with that inherited the lion's share of the family fortune. All this was to go to the older brother, Esau. But Jacob was not a very nice little brother. I should know about little brothers. I was one. And I managed, and managed to trick and connive his way to receive both the birthright and the blessing of his father. Esau, through no real fault of his own, 
has to give up everything to his somewhat scoundrel brother. The two two brothers part ways, the bitterest of enemies, until finally the day comes when Jacob has to pay the piper. His brother and tribe are advancing upon Jacob, and now Jacob is on the eve of what appears to be his destruction. And with that, Jacob decides to go off by his own. And this is the story that follows in Genesis chapter 22, beginning at the first verse. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise, everything that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, for I've seen God face to face and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket because he struck Jacob on the hip socket at the thigh muscle. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you allow these words to come to point to the word just read and ultimately to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen. I mentioned a minute ago about some unexpected things that happen in conjunction with my sabbatical and three bear mentioning today. The first is that upon my return this week, I contracted a little virus. Not a real big thing, but it's possible I still might be a little contagious. So for your sake, I need to stay away from you. So I'm going to disappear during the last hymn and quarantine myself in my office between services. Hugs and handshakes for your sake will be given next week. The second unexpected event happened is that I returned to you in the midst of a three game Michigan win streak. Something I thought would never happen until Jesus returned. (laughs) So I should go away more often. (laughs) The third unexpected thing that happened happened to me earlier this summer when I unexpectedly had the chance to have lunch with a man who has been a very important person in my life since I was 10 years old. We hadn't seen each other for a long time. Tom, I'll call him Tom because he's kind of a humble guy, was one of those guys I looked up to when I was a kid. He was an elder in our church, a successful businessman who took his faith and his church seriously, lived a good and joyful life, and invested his life in kids like me and scores of others. And how grateful I am to have had this unexpected lunch with him if only to have the chance 50 years down the road to tell him thanks, thank you, for what you have done for me. You know, we don't often get that chance or take that chance to go back into the early parts of our life and to say thanks to those who in some way have shaped us. But after waving away the compliment, this is what Tom had to say in response. He said, you know, there was a time in my life when I wasn't so joyful. 
And I really didn't care much about investing in anybody's life. I was a young husband and father of three and with the world on my shoulders. And within a very short period of time, I had lost both my parents and two of my brothers. And I was angry and I was bitter and I was overwhelmed. Life had gotten too big. And I happened to be driving down the road past the church where we were attending, and I took a sharp, impulsive turn into the parking lot, and I got out of the car, stormed into the building, walked past the secretary, and went directly into the pastor's office. It was the office, he said to me, of your father. And I was there to give him a piece of my mind and tell him in no uncertain terms that this whole idea of God was for the birds. How could a loving God do this to me. Take away the most important people of my life, my parents, my brothers. And that's exactly what I did. I let him have it both barrels. I don't think he knew what hit him. So I said, what happened? Well, he said, you know, to this day, I can't really tell you what happened in that office over the next 90 minutes. There was a lot of give and a lot of take, a lot of me giving and a lot of him taking. I really, really can't tell you what happened in that office over those 90 minutes. All I know is that when I walked out of the office, I realized I had just volunteered to lead the youth group. <laughs> Unexpected things can happen when life gets too big. We don't really know exactly what happened in that place we now call Peniel. This strange wrestling match we just read about between the human and the divine. All we know is that for our friend Jacob, life had gotten out of hand. In other words, life had gotten to be too much, too big. He had come finally to his moment of truth. Up until that moment, he had lived his life kind of like someone else. He had gotten by and gotten himself by as another person. Jacob's past had caught up to him. Even worse, his, now brother, his brother Esau had caught up to him, and now Jacob has to face the music. Jacob has to deal with the past that's finally caught up to him. Jacob has to confront the reality that all that he is is pretty much a fraud, and now life is too big. Now life is too heavy. Consequences too, too dire. And that's when the story tells us that Jacob goes off by himself. He goes off on his own. He pulls himself apart from his flock and his family, and he goes off on his own. And a strange thing happens when Jacob goes away on his own. He finds out that he is not on his own. He finds this mysterious being who grabs him and holds him and wrestles him and pulls him to the ground and pins him and wrenches him and will not let him go until Jacob cries out for a blessing and until the mysterious one permanently alters him, tears at his hip and gives him a limp for the rest of his life. And now all of a sudden, Jacob isn't Jacob anymore. All of a sudden, Jacob has a new walk and a new name. You shall no longer be called Jacob, says the mysterious being. You shall now be called Israel. You have striven with God and with humans, and you have prevailed. And Jacob calls the place where he wrestles with God, Peniel, which means the face of God. For, he says, I have seen God face to face. And as a result of seeing God face to face, Jacob limps away and reconciles with his gracious brother. Sometimes when life gets too big, that's the moment when we see the face of God. And sometimes we get a new walk and sometimes we get a new name. Jack Murphy, 
a.k.a. Murph the Surf, was a thief. Not just, not just any thief, but a thief of thieves. Jack Murphy participated in one of the greatest jewel heists in the history of America. He and his ring of thieves figured out a way back in 1964 to get into the Na American Museum of Natural History and managed to walk away with the J.P. Morgan jewel collection that included some of the largest and most rare gems in all the world, including the Star of India. Murph the Surf and his accomplices were caught three days later and sentenced to three years of prison. The three years left to himself was not enough for Murph the Surf because after release he continued in his unrepentant ways that led him to an eventual life sentence for burglary and murder. Maybe, perhaps, a life sentence left to himself would be enough. And perhaps it was, because it was in this life sentence, and believe me, life does get too big when you're serving a life sentence. It was in this life sentence that Murph the Surf encountered the ministry and the preaching and the patience of a prison chaplain who grabbed hold of him and wrestled. Wrestled with his pride, wrestled with his arrogance, his shame, his despair, give and take for weeks, for months, for years, give and take, and in some mysterious way, the divine grabbed hold of the scoundrel soul, and before everyone knew it, Murph the Surf wasn't Murph the Surf anymore. He was a changed man. He had seen the face of God, a new walk, a new name, and the changed man began to do all those things that changed men do, enough to convince a parole board that he was in fact a changed man, and to the surprise of many, they paroled Jack Murphy far short of his life sentence, and to everyone's surprise, Murph the Surf was a free man with a lot more life to live. And sure enough, in a matter of months, Jack Murphy went back to prison. He went back to prison as a chaplain to do for others what had been done for him, to tell the good news and to wrestle with those for whom life had gotten too big. He's still doing it today. And when asked to explain it all, Jack Murphy, formerly Murph the Surf, said, God has a sense of humor and a timing and a style all his own. God has a sense of humor and a timing and a style all his own. Sometimes when life gets too big, that's when you see the face of God. The truth is, I think for most of us, there comes a time and a place where life for us gets too big, right? The circumstances of life, the mystery of life, the twists and turns of life, the struggles of life, the depth of life. However you want to put it, there comes a time and a place where life just gets too big. Maybe it's a time when there's, when there's too much to do, or, or maybe there's a time when it's, there's too little to do, or maybe it's a time when the challenges are too steep, or the diagnosis is too poor, or the grief is too painful, or the circumstances too dire, or the guilt is too shameful or the disappointment too overwhelming or the injustice too cruel. Comes a time for most of us when life gets too big, when the armies of our estranged brother are advancing and we're all alone and we don't know what to do. And there is this urge, right, to take that sharp turn into the parking lot and to get out of the car and to dare God to get into the ring. Time for a wrestling match. Tommy Bull, professional golfer in a tournament, missed a four-inch putt. And with that, he dropped his putter and looked up to the heavens and said, why don't you come down and fight like a man? <laughs> I bet a lot of us have said that from one time, at one time or another. Why don't you come down and fight like a man? And maybe that's our most honest prayer. And maybe that's when we finally, finally see the face of God. Maybe that's when the mysterious one shows up and the mysterious one surrounds us and embraces us and 
and squeezes us and wrestles us and humbles us and sometimes even blesses us. Sometimes even changes us. Maybe he even gives us a new walk and a new name. Abram becomes Abraham. Simon becomes Peter. Saul becomes Paul. And Jacob becomes Israel. In one of the books I reread while gone, one of the best books I've read in a long time, a book called My Bright Abyss. The author's name, Christian Wyman, editor of Poetry Magazine, tells of receiving the diagnosis of cancer and with it a devastating prognosis. And in that news, life instantly became too big and he in turn became so so angry and his anger took him to that place where he felt all by himself that's what cancer can do it's what illness can do and there what should he meet who should he meet but the pastor from the church down the street who happened to join him on a walk to the train station just a walk to the train station and during this walk young christian shared his plight his diagnosis his prognosis and his pain the pastor didn't say much, no, no pithy maxims, no empty platitudes. But as they parted, all the pastor did was point to his heart, just to say, you're in my heart. That's all, but that's all really that it took for Mr. Wyman to say that this is one with whom I feel safe wrestling and wrestle they did we sat together he said every Friday and we argued we argued and we argued nothing ever really settled and yet those hours I remember as the happiest of my life grief was not suspended or banished but entered and answered he writes answered not by theology, but by the depth and integrity and essential innocence of the communion between two people. The communion between two people. Another way of saying, I guess, a little wrestling Why don't you come down and fight like a man? Sometimes that's just what happens when life gets too big. In places called Peniel, Bethlehem, Gethsemane, Golgotha, pastors, studies, prison cells, in the communion between two people. God comes down, fights like a man. And as a result, sometimes thieves become chaplains, sinners become saints, scoundrels become the father of a nation, angry men become youth advisors, poets become preachers. New names, new walks, because God has a sense of humor and a timing and a style, all his own.
now go in peace, knowing that you are never alone. Even when life gets too big, God is with you. Now may the Lord, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be each and every one of you, now and always. Amen. <laughs>